They're taking cherubim pots strewn strategically along the daily. Shatter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of the top. Tales from the Tinny regrets to advise that the Tinny will no longer be broadcast from the pub, nor the cafe, restaurant, museum, social or sports gathering, art and craft fair, or any place where their general lack of personal hygiene may be deemed a public health risk to others. By decree of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, they are now officially quarantined and banished to work from home. What a week, hey, Andy? Now we can't bloody well fish anywhere. What? I can't hear you, mate. It's only supposed to be a metre and a half. I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah, but we were too cosy on the couch last week. I reckon we should be leading by example. What? Righto, hang on, hang on. This might help a bit. How's this? Better? It's pretty annoying. <laughs> oh, well, that's not my problem. You're on the right side of that megaphone. Yeah, I am. I'm just looking for my Red Warden's helmet. You feel weak? I'm getting ready to do the fire drill. I feel very powerful. I feel non-powerful, which is actually called weak. Let's do the whole show like this. I think it's decided. G'day, fishos, and welcome to the tinny for another week when that is becoming, Andy, a little less and less relevant. Yeah, I'm still glad that we didn't do or don't do the show with the megaphone. It is very annoying, just to re- reiterate. Oh, I mean, I can shuffle a bit closer to you on the couch now. Do we yeah. still need to be a metre and a half apart? Um, I think better safe. I'm a bit of a conservative dude. <laughs> I thought you'd say I, that. I think better so, safe so, than sorry. So we just push it out to three or four metres? Push it out to three or four metres. Mm. I mean, bearing in mind, I'm the one that wears the deodorant around here. <laughs> Point is taken. That won't be the last time the dishevelled and uh, unhygienic uh, nature of one of the broadcasters here uh, comes up, <laughs> and as it so often does. How's your week been? Uh, it's been a ripper. Very, very busy, but... Um, you know, whenever there's fishing trips on the horizon, there's always hope. Oh, you got one planned? Yeah, got a couple. A couple of quick quick missions out on the harbour, on the flats. You know, I've spoken before about wanting to master the art of flats fishing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that next week if I do master the art. Have you got some tutelage planned up or are you going to attempt to master it solo? Yeah, no, I've given up on mastering a lot of things solo. So what you do is when you're a member of a church, you turn to the church. Uh, you turn ah. to the church for advice. You swallow your humble pie or eat your ego whatever it's called and so I've, yeah, I'm going out with uh going out with it sounds like i'm going on a date but i'm going well, fishing kind of with, with, with a church member it's uh, a mandate actually That's okay it's a mandate it's mandated you're right actually two church members on the particularly correct tide using the particularly correct gear look one way you painted it nicely one way of seeing that would be that you're turning when you're a member of the church you turn to the church another would be you're riding on the coattails of the hard work of others before you <laughs> who, who invested the time and the effort mastering the flats, whichever it is, well bloody done. Yeah. <laughs> good work and good luck. And, of course, it's a sharing thing. It's, it's patch for patch in the church, isn't it? Someone lets you in on a little secret that they've had for years. You sort of feel obliged to do the same. You know, what, what goes around does come around in the church, church of the Tinny. Mm. It's the, one of the great thing, things about the Harbour Flats and the Harbour Arms. Mm. There's almost always a place to hide from to get into the lee of the wind. Yes, that's correct. And in fact, Beard, uh, in a similar vein, showed me that a few weeks ago. That remember that day it was just what it was like with Beard I in the kayak. So I, it was blowing its guts out that day. But where we were um, was conducive to the meditative uh, condition in which we ended up. It was fantastic that day with Beard. Well, there's something to look forward to for next week, fishos. <laughs> something to look forward to this week is finding out when we can actually fish Kakadu. Uh, we'll learn how to pucker with a plom during your next fish pick. Because it is all about attitude when you catch a metery in the pig. It's all about swagger. Uh, in case you needed to know why catfish suck and why we love them. Was that the ice cream truck? It was. It just drove past your house. Hang on a minute. I've, you know what I feel like? 
We owe it to ourselves, don't we? I feel like an ice cream. Hang on, mate. Hang on, hang on. We're, we're, we're coming. I'll grab a box of chalk tops. Yeah, it's yeah for the tinny. Yeah. Do we get a discount? Oh, fair enough. Thirteen, twelve, five. Multiple attacks. You might get three or four up at a time. The beauty of having a pack attack is they become competitive and they all want to eat something. Tales from the tinny. A man with what you'd have to say, Andy, has one of the most resilient puckers of all our church members, AJ. I don't know if you've seen these photos, but he's becoming renowned. Uh, Big fish, shirt off, hell of a wholesome and really resilient pucker. Which is a, a duty of the church, isn't it? There's role models in, in a whole range of fields. <laughs> That's his field. He's the role model. A role, a role model for solid puckering, which really speaks volumes. It, it carries with it the pucker so much attitude and so much pride about the fish that you're carrying, Alex. That's what it says to me. Check out this. Yeah, pretty much. That's about what it's all about. <laughs> and something a bit different too, not just a boring old barrel pick. So. That's right, make it lively. And you've had reason to pucker recently too. Um, you've been amongst those hitting Shady? Yeah, last set of neeps, which was good. Took the young fella out on his first um, big trip and, yeah, got onto a couple of good barrows, so it was good. So where did you go for the barra uh, to avoid the threadies? Oh, mate, we end up pushing over to Tommy and that. But, yeah, Shady, between Shady and Tommy, we're bouncing between there. So, But, yeah, the threadies, good bloody thick, that's for sure. Similar tide, obviously not as long set of neeps, so it's probably not going to be as clean. Um, and, yeah, the conditions weren't the best, that's for sure. It was blowing us ass off the whole time we were there. But when we did get that clean water and um, found the fish, we sort of... Yeah, got a bit lucky at times, and we were lucky enough to jag a couple of good ones. And was there a sort of a defined bite window, uh, or were you really just relying on finding the clear water and fishing that? Majority of our fish at the top of the high when that green water pushed in. But, yeah, it was only a pretty small window. Um, first hour or two of that outgoing, and then it just stirred up and went to shit, really. So I'm interested in how obvious and how distinct that relationship is between the clear green water and the bite window? Well, the fish were there the whole time, but and I wouldn't say they were feeding too much, but, yeah, once you get that clean water and, you know, change the tide, it usually fires them up, and that's where we're sort of getting them. But, yeah, if you haven't got that clean water, you sort of... It makes life really, really hard to catch a barra this time of the year. Stats and highlights all up, AJ? Eight over 88. Only the one one over. No real highlights. Probably first troll of the trip. First troll of the trip, yeah. I smacked a metre, so that was a good way to start it off. It wasn't wasn't easy fishing by any means, but we managed to just pluck a few here and there so and end up getting some decent fish in the mix, so it was good. Did you say you had your young fella with you? Yeah, mate, yeah. So he's only eight months old now. So I, I was going to say, how did he go? But I think I already know the answer to that question now. <laughs> Eight, yeah, no, eight months. Really good. What's his stat? How long's he? Oh, a bit over a legal barra by now, I reckon. He'd be oh. the smallest on the boat, wouldn't he, on that trip? Yeah. Amongst your 88s and your meteries. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, there wasn't too many small fish. I think we only brought home two thready fillets. Uh, Andy, Andy recently went out with his daughter, who's eight, for a big you know, day trip out, mm. out to Shady. How did, how did you manage the eight-month-old? Were you by yourself or your partner with you? No, no, yeah, me and the missus. So we've we previously took him on a just a trial run out to Shady, the set before actually, and he seemed to love it on the boat. So um, yeah, I was lucky enough to be able to borrow my um, good mate, big six one, because I've only got a little four and a half meter. So I borrowed the big boat, so I had a bit of room for the little fella to run around, and planned on doing one night, and it was really good for the first two days. So like, oh, and the fishing wasn't bad, so. We end up staying on and doing three nights. So. How's his pucker coming along? Oh, he's got it out, man, especially when he's sucking the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> on the dummy, he's, he does actually pull it out every now and then. It's funny, huh? So when a fish is on, you're, you're running the fish while the partner, the other partner, runs the child? Is that how it worked? Most of the time, but, yeah, there was a couple of instances. Um, we've got a couple of good fish on. 
and I was holding a little fella and the rod buckled over and I was sort of just panic mode and dropped the poor fella <laughs> <laughs> on the boat floor and he's screaming while I'm trying to fight a fish and this is trying to drive the boat. And yeah, you got to be hectic for a bit here, so. When the barra's on, it pulls rank. It becomes a priority over whatever's in the other hand, be it a beer or a baby. Yeah, well, that's pretty much the case. It? <laughs> so, yeah, you don't really think. You just first, first instinct is to grab the rod and... Don't drop the fish. in your way or in your hand, you just drop, so... Mate, mate, baby carrier. That, you know, get them on Gumtree or Facebook a second handy. You can run yeah. that eight-month-old on the belly or the back. So it stays on you while you stay connected to Barra. Get a baby yeah, carrier. I reckon I might have to invest in one of them, I reckon. Yes, my friend. Hey, man, we've got to give a shout-out to this mate of yours who's lending a 6.1. Matty Wall and um, Daniel Wall, but it's, well, yeah, they're in their parents' um, boat. So champion, yeah. champion effort, getting Champions. the family back out on the water. That's a couple of good yeah, walls out yeah. there. So, yeah. No, they're awesome. Old Bev and Cheryl Walls. I don't know what to say. I don't want to be like running it down, but it can only go downhill from here. (laughs) Metery on the first trial and an eight-month-old sleeping well for two nights at Shady on a boat. I mean... I reckon put it away for a couple of years. Yeah, shelve it, man. Just get some DVDs, watch them. I did like that. I don't know. (laughs) It's almost too good to be true, really. We definitely weren't expecting it to be that well. Oh, yeah. Do you reckon Shady's had its run? Slowed down a lot from the set before. And obviously the fresh is all run up now. I can't see it fishing too much. You know, maybe this weekend on this set, maybe, but I can't see it fishing too well. It's just going to slow right down from here on out, I reckon. You've got it all happening. You're a role model for the church, mate. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us. And uh, you've just uh, you've impressed the living daylights out of us. So just keep up the good work on all fronts. See you, man. No worries, guys. Have a good day. Yeah, just... Did I hear that right, Tim? He said something along the lines of, oh, there were no real highlights. He said no real highlights. Just a metery on the first troll. Nailed the pucker. Dropped the baby. Uh, in reference to accidentally dropping the baby um, while, he, while he had the fish on. While some superficial effort is made to ensure that the content of this program is accurate and appropriate, it is provided on an as-is basis. Tales from the tinny makes no representations or warranties in relation to the accuracy, veracity or propriety of the information found on it. The views and opinions expressed herein by the presenters of the Tales from the Tinny program should not be taken to constitute professional advice, formal recommendation or anything more substantive than the ill-considered utterances of idiots. In no event will Tales from the Tinny be liable for any incidental and direct consequential or special damages of any kind or any damages whatsoever, including, without limitation, those resulting from loss of profit, loss of contracts, loss of hearing, loss of domestic stability, loss of personal hygiene standards, loss of grip on reality, loss of will to live, and loss of bait, boat or barra arising out of or in connection with the use of this program or any linked websites. We return you now to our advertised programming. Tales from the Tinny. You may now consider yourself disclaimed. On 105.7 ABC Darwin and 783 Alice Springs. Oh, my brain hurts after listening to that, but we should make it clear to the listeners, Tim, that um, no babies were hurt in the recording of that interview. That bloke does go on and on, though, doesn't he? It does hurt a little bit, but it's thorough, and that's what we want here because we're professionals. That's the key. So that's done. That's done. So just as an aside, it's got to be noted here that my other half is starting to step up herself as a bit of a tinny role model and a contributor to the Your, your wife is becoming a tinny role model. Yeah, she's done it again. You might remember um, a few weeks ago that she invented the word motivation. Yes, it was excellent. Which, if you didn't know, was what it took to motivate you to finish the chores that had been sitting undone for a, very uh, for, long time. For an, a, a number of months. That's correct. There was a fishing trip. You suddenly found some motivation. Because I had a list of things that I had to do and get motivated to do before I could physically could launch the boat. Yeah. So she's done it again. This time the word is fintel. F- fishing intel? Fishing intel. Very Fishing good. intelligence. Very good. So I'll give you an example because the word on the street this week from Brian, for instance, out at Leaders Creek is that 
some people are trying to get around the queues that you might have heard about at Shady Camp a few weeks ago. But they're queue jumping. They're queue jumping, but they're doing it in a very territorial way. Namely, they're launching from a completely different uh, location. <laughs> at leaders. And the, at leaders, <laughs> and then traversing the uh, sometimes potentially treacherous trip to Shady Camp. I am jumping the queue by putting myself uh, and life and boat at risk and travelling about eight times the distance, getting pounded. In order to jump the queue. Correct. That's keen. Which does make one think, would you not get to Shady an hour earlier? This is the only case where you admire the queue jumper. And <laughs> yes. you say, bravo, sir, you made it to Marsh Creek before me. That's and, right. And, and quite frankly, you deserve to. Because normally you'd pull someone on for jumping a queue, wouldn't you? At the supermarket oh, yeah. or wherever, mate, you're right. Yeah, you'd the, snot the, them. The, the line's back you'd there. You'd snot them. Yeah, but we're, here we go. Praise be the queue jumper. That's correct. Tip of the hat to you, sir. So I guess that, to bring it back to Fintel, that's that's the way Fintel works. So, for instance... That's just a little bit of throwaway Fintel. It's a bit of throwaway info that could be useful, it could not be, but um, collectively it might be useful down the track. doesn't warrant a whole interview, for instance, with Brian. Yes. Uh, Not even you and I could stretch that piece of Fintel out (laughs) into an eight-minute piece. (laughs) But it is worth mention. Now, you you said that your wife is, is becoming a role model. But around the dinner table, I know you, Andy. Mm. The church knows you. Surely she doesn't tolerate happily the amount of fintel you're just dropping randomly as if anyone else is interested to the daughter and the wife. Hey, by the way, guys, you hear this fintel on the weekend? Brian reckons they're launching uh, (laughs) Q-jumping from leaders. We did actually have a bet at one point where she bet me that I couldn't, couldn't go without talking about fishing for more than a day. How'd it go? She won. Less than an hour. Really? Yeah. Did you forget about the bet? I forgot about the bet. I mean, in sometimes <laughs> instincts. I mean, short of being medicated, um, your natural instincts are just gonna they're just gonna jump in, aren't they? That that's a true story. Really didn't work. I would talk about fishing at least once every few hours in life. Any more fintel for us? There's actually a bit of good fintel around. Because um, unlike on, at your dinner table, we're here to listen to the fintel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And again, that's what the church is. It's a place where you can freely release. Yeah. Queenfish. So a couple of really good queenfish, 85 and over, caught at gunpoint this week off the land. So people Lovely. using very long rigs and hawking those 60 mm. or 80 gram um, silvers out to sea and doing really well. So Whilst being avoided being mowed down by the quads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Going at full noise. I think if you, yeah, if your ankles are in the water, you're probably going to be pretty safe. Yeah. More tuna off Mandora jetty as well, and some land-based Jackson things. So the, the, there's actually, I'm really fascinated with the land-based um, element of our fishing community here because they do really well, particularly at this time of the year when those pelagics are coming back on. Yeah, they earn it. That's so, for sure. They do. Well, thanks for the fintel. Mm. It was mildly interesting. <laughs> Tales from the tinny. Get a mullet up, ya. You remember a while back, Tim, that Beard chatted to uh, to Blue whilst we were previously talking about land-based fishing? Well, he's a land-based fishing extraordinaire. I recall it was about milkies, wasn't it? That's right. Uh, much maligned by some. But as a sport fish, well, they're bloody well up there. They go. They go. Full-blown torpedoes. That's what I've been told because I've never caught one. It was the first instalment of Beard's patent, I'd flick to that series. I'd flick at that. Yeah, you rem- remember. I'd flick at that. That's, that's right. That made... So much of an impression on me that I didn't get it right. <laughs> a profiles, if you will, <laughs> of the lesser targeted fish. Correct. Well, as we career into the dry season and with a long weekend of camping uh, well in our sights, it's time for the second instalment of... Oh, I would flick at that. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah! Absolutely. Hey folks, it's Wazir here. I'm here today to talk about uh, sooty grunners. Go fishing for sooty grunners, um, which I really enjoy. My boys love it and their mates. We, we go out and chase them. And I suppose uh, a lot for me, it reminds me of like when I was home down in New South Wales, like walking little mountain streams, catching trout and that. So sort of the same deal up here. And they're great fun. They're great fun to catch. They fight well. We, we normally don't keep them. We just let them go. We just catch them for fun. But my boys love doing it. And you'll catch them all over the place. We've caught them lots and lots of places up here. Take us there, was If you wanted to target a sooty, where would you go? Sooty is a freshwater fish, so you get the odd ones in the billabongs out here, Corobri and Hardys, but you need to go up to the small streams with, with flowing water. The faster the flowing water, the better for them. Um, that's where they love to sit in fast water. You'll catch them in the, in the slower holes, but they're more active in the faster water. Me and my boys have caught them down Roper River near Mataranka, 
south, the Adelaide, uh, Reynolds River, the Daly River and Douglas Daly is a really good area as well. But if you look on a map and any of those small creeks that run into those major rivers, it's all fresh water and flows, I nearly guarantee you'll find sooties in there. You'll find them in half a metre of water or, you know, between half a metre and maybe a metre and a half. That's ideal water to look for them, catch them in. All right, how do you rig up for them? Rightio, um, when we fish for them, we mainly use like small lures because they're not, you know, they're not that big a fish, so we use small lures probably around 40, 50 mil long. Uh, you can use little diving lures, but you don't need to go real deep, a metre deep heaps. One of the favourite lures we use these days is the little metal vibes or little soft plastic vibes. They work really well. My youngest boy loves um, little soft plastics, little three-inch soft plastics. He loves using those. They work really, really well. We've even caught them on poppers, which is good fun. But, yeah, it's, uh, sometimes it's a bit like barrows. Like they're more active in the morning and the, and the night time as well, or going into dark. It's the best time to really target them. But you will catch them all day long, especially some of them creeks have got lots of nice shade over them. The other thing about them is you tend to catch one or two out of a hole and they all spook and you won't catch them, so you've got to move on to the next hole, which is good. So you cover all heaps of ground doing it. So you've got to be pretty stealthy in your approach? You want to be stealthy. You don't want to just stomp up to the water hole and have a look before you start casting. You want to sneak up there and, and um, yeah, try not to show your, throw your shadow or put yourself in the view of them because they are. They're smart little fish. Do you use bait for them as well? You can use bait as well. Um, sometimes I get the boys to dig up the garden and find some worms. A lot of times if you're in holes where they're a bit slower or big deep holes, if they... Uh, put a bit of bait on a little bit of strip of red meat or worms you'll they love those as well so and if the kids are not that good at casting lures a bit of bait's the way to go in terms of tackle uh like what are we talking a thousand reel and like a, a brim rod kind of thing yeah you don't need anything real heavy so any rod that's rated probably around that three or four kilo mark um, you just need like a nice light tip so you can actually flick your little lures around make it a bit easier on you and you don't need much line <laughs> small small reels are fine how big do they actually get uh, I'd probably say the biggest ones I've seen around here be pushing close to two kilos. Uh, the average size would probably be about well less than half of that though, under a kilo. So, yeah, but a really big one would be up around two kilo mark. Now you said before that they like fast moving water. Where are you casting? They do like snags, but normally we find when you walk along the little creek, so where the what we call the rapids, where the start of the, the hole is, that's where they really love to sit up. That where the fast water is flying into the hole. If there's a snag there, even better. I'll sit underneath the snag as well. Um, but yeah, definitely like faster flying water is what they like. Have you got a PB sooty? I have got a PB sooty, but actually come from New Guinea because I've caught him in New Guinea and I reckon he was probably close to like three, three and a half kilos. But it was in New Guinea, so maybe it doesn't count. How's the fight? Oh, they fight great. They're, they're good little fish. Um, you, you do get lost lures and get tangled up. They're good at that. So... Um, Quite often they'll stitch you up around the snags and that and you'll lose a lure, so it might cost you 20 or 30 bucks and away you go again. Is it comparable to a brim? I reckon they'd outdo a brim, no worries. Yeah, they'd pull out on the brim for sure. Very, very close to mangrove jack. There wouldn't be that much difference in them, I wouldn't think. So. Size for size or pound for pound, whatever you want to say. Yeah, they'd be very, very similar to a jack. We prefer pound for pound. Pound for pound's good. <laughs> What's the best time of year to target them? The best time of the year is normally through the dry season. Uh, June, July, August, especially school holidays and that. Uh, if you go too early when the rivers are flowing too hard and dirty, like, there's probably won't be much point in it. And you don't want the water too high. So, yeah, June, July, August would be the best three months. When they're down just running, they're nice and clear, and you can actually see the fish in there. It makes it a lot easier to catch them. And I guess you can tie that in with dry season camping trips pretty nicely. Yeah, it is. It's a great way to go camp. You don't have to worry about getting rained on. You don't get too hot. It's awesome. The best no camping out under the stars is great. It's just something different to sitting in a boat chasing barrows and all the time. You get out, you see more of the bush and um, like exploring. And I said, the kids love it. Well, all the, my, my boys and their mates, they love going out there doing that stuff. It's just something different and they're good fun to catch them as well. The humble sooty. As praised there by the venerable Wazza Smith. It's a good option to have um, going camping, the sooty grunter. What do you, uh, you reckon your, your biggest sooty is? You've, you've landed? I would say around the 40 centimetre mark. And pretty, I, ha- pretty handy. It was a really good fish. I remember it vividly. It was Catherine Gorge in that little creek right opposite where the canoes and kayaks used to get rented from. Yeah. We talked to Kai Hale a while back. He reckons he caught a, 40, a 50 centimetre one um, at, Lake, a, at Lake Bennett. That's a big sort, isn't it? It seems pretty big. And then we checked at fisheries 
yeah. site. They yeah. reckon they tap out at, at about 54 centimetres. Okay. So, yes, a 50 is huge. And six kilo. Wow. Um, Beard reckons he's caught them before on chunks of cheddar cheese for a you know lovely, lazy territory afternoon. Pluck a chunk, chunk from the Caesar salad, pop it on your hook and you're away. I tested this cheese theory because I don't mind targeting a sooty occasionally up way up the top in the freshwater of the daily. Yeah. It was a few years back. I don't know if you heard that yarn. A guy rang into the tinny and said, the annoying thing about cheese is that it comes off the hook so quickly. Um, and he said, no, 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 no. You get a chucks like a blue cloth, chucks cloth. Right. And you melt cheese on a fry pan, oh. melt it into the chucks cloth. Then when it dries, just put that on the hook. So yeah. it's scented and actually infused with cheese. It stays on the hook. That is very, very clever. I hadn't heard that yarn. I've got to say I'm not impressed. I'm not a food fisho. This is what lures are for. This is what servo squid's for. You've never used a little bit of sausage or shavapchichi in the desperate times? A bit of bacon? A little bit of soft plastic? I wasn't impressed either. I tried his technique. Absolute <laughs> crap. Didn't get it touched. <laughs> Oh, the, good. The, the little good. chucks were still on there. I thought you were going to turn get, into a did, true believer then of this method. Which did not get a touch. Waste of a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of time. A lot of... Uh, well, the big question, I guess, on a lot of your lip grips, fishos, is when the bloody hell can we get into Kakadu and go fishing again? Uh, if you were prepping to head to the east or the south or yellow waters on June the 5th, which is the date they've given for lifting all the biosecurity zones, you've got to think again, unfortunately. That's when they'll lift all the other zones, but no word yet from Kakadu National Park itself, Andy. Yeah, they're sort of a bit out there on their own just because of the arrangements in the yeah. Commonwealth. Uh, Brant Smith is with uh, Parks Australia. At the moment, we uh, have both parks closed until the 18th of June. That's because it's, a, it's obviously a Commonwealth National Park and it's jointly managed with our traditional owners. Given the change in advice yesterday um, regarding those designated areas, we're, we're consulting with our key stakeholders, so... Those uh, meetings will be happening this week, and depending on what comes out of that, we'll, we'll know what the uh, timing is for opening the park. And Steve Howard's given us a hoy. Uh, Narrow Creek, Roper River, land-based, knee-deep in mud, $5 soft plastic. Yeah. This is stacking up. This is stacking up good. You ready for the punchline? What's the punchline? A dollar sixteen bazza. Five bucks to a dollar sixteen. That's a good return That's, uh, on uh, investment. Excellent. One for the South Aussies, he says. Cheers what? to Big Cole, who took the pick and showed me the spot. Yeah, one, hang, hang one on. for the South Aussies. Hang, hang on, Steve. What, what's that supposed to mean? June 5, we'll be whipping into the Roper there, ideally to replicate um, those missions, and mm. we'll see you when the borders open. You <laughs> want to get... Steve, you want to get cheeky? You want to get cheeky? You get cheeky. G'day to Cameron Kidney Slides again. He got another six Mackies at Dundee during the week. Uh, not as big as the last one's gone to crap out there now again. There, yeah, no doubt it has, Cameron, with the wind. Uh, he was a bit dejected that he'd lost his homemade teaser called Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Mackey's bit them all off. R.I.P. Hellboy. Uh, Cameron? Melita McKinnon has cracked her 2020 Barra donut with a 76 on the finest. Oh, well done, Melita. Now, here's the bit that I'm particularly impressed by. It was caught on a three kilogram line on a thousand reel using a vibe. That's, That's some light gear. That is some really light gear. I love using the thousand reels, um, particularly on you know fifties and sixties barra. But you do take a much bigger risk, obviously. I, I find you get way more hookups, but you lose way more fish. But that is sensational. Mm. That's a really stylish way to end your barra drought, isn't it? Uh, chubby fella too, she says. Talking about the barra, um, not the bus dude. <laughs> not not the guy, the bus dude. <laughs> the guy on cars, buses, and billboards. No, he's looking good now. I mean, he's on billboards and buses, so he's, he's been working out. Still talking about the fish. She says, I was shaking after I landed it. Just got to back it up now. Mm. So, yeah, no sooner the monkey off your back than it's there again, isn't it? We all know that feeling. Just clawing at your hair. That little monkey sitting on your shoulders mm. starts like picking nits, fleas out of your hair. Yes. Then just starts ripping chunks of your hair out. 
and then sitting it, on your back, and it sits there on your shoulder, and it just whispers into your is ear. Son of a... Is that who's doing that? You call yourself it's that monkey. You call yourself a bloody fisher. What are you? I thought you knew what. To, didn't you say they'd be here over the low tide? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You did it once, but try doing it again. It's that and then monkey. you do it twice. You did it twice. Try doing it a third time. Yeah, that's why that never satisfied that monkey. No, he's a son of a bitch, that monkey. Mm. Pardon my French, but he just is. Yeah, I don't like him either. Mm. I like him as little as I like cheese on. On hawks chasing sooty grunter. Chris sent a beast into the tinny this week and gave us a hoy via a nice little piece to camera. There's the tide coming in right on time. Another five minutes, we'll have enough water. Our weapon of choice this afternoon, viewers, will be bag limit in all its glory. <laughs> We've got enough eskies. There we go. There we go. Bag limit, the name of the boat, if you missed that. Love it. Uh, how good are those little pre-mission prep talks? He's, he's just about to hit the water. He's decided, I'm going to take a video of the rig and the setup, send it into the tinny. Here's my boat. Here's the ramp. I'm about to hook in. Catch you later when I do. Do you know how many times I've done that, Tim? Have you done that a lot? Do you know how many times that I don't do the second part on the return home? <laughs> because I've got nothing. <laughs> so the first I've got this whole collection of little... Little all enthusiastic, let's go. This is the perfect day. G'day, it's Packy Andy here, <laughs> yeah. and I'm at the Nightcliff ramp, and I'm heading straight out to Fenton. And here's my boat, and here's my esky, and that here's my it. trailer, and here's my car, and here's my shoes, and here's my stuff, and here's my hat. <laughs> See you when I'm back. And then at eight o'clock at night, it's one text to the missus saying, Yeah, running late. She goes, How'd you go? I go, Yeah, nothing. And that's the closer. <laughs> Got this whole collection, Tim. Got this collection, like a collection of lures, a whole collection of pre-mission, uh, pre-mission rants. You know whose fault it is? Yeah. yeah it's that goddamn monkey. It's the tides. <laughs> Blame the monkey, mate. And the monkey. It's the whole lot of them. Tails from a tinny. Get a muddle up, ya. <laughs> I can't do that without laughing. <laughs> Keith Watson, he's given us a hoy. This is a cracker. Brave the cooler temperature and the horrible southeasterlies today in search of some harbour chrome. Mm. It was a tricky session trying to get a bite, but they did manage to get a couple of fish. Uh, he was with Dave Krantz. Uh-huh. So it sort of looks a little windy, but um, not unfruitful, their session. It included uh, a picture of Dave. Oh, I know what this yeah, is. Yeah, this, is, this was gold. I don't know if you saw it. I'm oh, sure, I saw I'm it. I'm sure you saw it, all right, because it was about you. Uh, bearded and windswept and dishevelled. And then this comment sits below it from Rob Mills, who says, Holy hell, Dave looks like a cross between Tim Moore and Trevor Jenkins. For those not in the territory, Trevor's sort of a bit of an icon itinerant uh, around town. And a celebrity itinerant, you'd have to say. Yeah, definitely. He spends his life uh, cleaning up after those who don't clean up after he, themselves. He, he's... For those not in the territory, he's known as the rubbish warrior. Mm. So this paints a bit of a picture of what Rob Mills was trying to say about how Dave Krantz was presenting himself. So Dave Krantz replies, um, you can tell I'm not Tim Moore Mm. because I have caught a fish. (laughs) I chose quite actively and deliberately not to engage in the matter because there were some similarities between... Dave Krantz, myself, and the Rubbish Warrior. Mm. <laughs> they were sound and reasonable allegations. <laughs> well, I particularly... Oh, well, li- as is the one about catching fish, it's a reasonable allegation. I particularly like that, um, because you're not often the, the butt of such commentary, are you? <laughs> I'm finding this great, and I'm finding it factual too, because I can see the resemblance. I know all those people. Mm. Mm. Well, that's good. Do you know Neville, the other Neville, the I like beer Neville? Yeah. Yeah, we know him. He posted a pic this week holding a chilli. It read, my first Carolina Reaper chilli grown from seed. Haven't told my rusty bullet hole about it yet, but I'm sure it will find out. So I just wanted to say good day to Nev, who who gave us a hoy. And I don't don't know exactly what you're talking about there, but sure, I, I guess it... It sure will find out. Maybe Nev. Some sort of hole in the in the corrugated iron near his chili plant or something that's rusty. I'm not. Yeah, no. it's been there for an old bullet hole. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Meantime, no. maybe consider switching from beer to drinking yogurt when you're down that puppy, Nev. Good work, fella. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a voice.
We've been chatting to Groot over the past couple of weeks a bit, Bomber, and he's sort of in your face, uh, Tim Moore, Grand Slam dunk, just go out and get one. That was another pleasurable one for you. It was, actually. Well-deserved, too. We're on a good roll. Very well-deserved. Well, we heard another yarn from out that way that involved a different kind of getting one, uh, where the one is not necessarily a large fish. It's more like a sort of a one-stop medical package that comprises local anaesthetic and surgical removal of something rather painful from one's person. The beard hit up group local Pete Finney about how his promising day of competition barra fishing quickly turned nasty. So it was the first um, day of the barra comp. Uh, we were a few hours into the fishing and uh, I hooked up a small finger mark I was just trying to shake him off the hook and he went off and then the next minute the hook's um, buried in my thumb and my mate Bo come down decided on the, the operation, sort of wrapping a bit of a braid down, pushing the shank down and, and pulling it out. How deep was it in the thumb? Almost to the to bend in the hook I guess, it was well past the um, barb. Anyway we got it set up and, and gave it a yank and it came out alright and chalked that one up to experience and, and fished on. I think we got a couple more barrow in the boat and they were hooked up to a, a fairly good one. He's played it in and we saw a, a little bull shark chasing around. He got it to the boat and netted it okay and Bo's got that bull shark's gone into the net as I lifted it out. Yeah, sure enough, you got the bull shark and the barrow sitting in the bottom of the net. The thing's thrashing around there for a while and they tend to be pretty bitey, those little bull sharks. They're pretty sort of frisky, so you're sort of jumping out of the way, getting your toes out of it. Anyway, eventually he slowed down enough so I could grab him on the back of the head and, and grab him by the tail and just quickly flick him over the side. But your day was it progressively more interesting. It was getting more interesting. That was novel. thought we'd go around to another creek. There's a spot just inside the mouth there, a bit of a back eddy, which is a reasonable spot, and you usually get a couple of barra. Flicked in there, second cast, pulled out this little catfish. And usually you get a lot of caddies over there. We hadn't seen many on this trip at all. It got him pretty good. He was, it was a bit hard to get off and sort of shaking him around. Finally got all the trebles out of him, bar the one in his, his dorsal fin. I was giving that a shake. As he fell off, instead of going over the side, he's, he's hit the top of the gunnel on the boat and then fallen inside, straight down fin first and gone straight through the top of my foot. Uh, I didn't quite go out the bottom. It just pushed the skin out. It didn't, didn't go all the way through. Oh, it was that close that you, that it was pushing the other side, the inside of your skin, down the bottom of your foot. Yeah, you could actually wriggle the bottom of it through the skin and you'd see the top part of it move. Oh. <laughs> sort of between my second toe and my small toe. Just, it had gone between the tendons, between the cartilage, sort of between everything and just gone straight through like a dart. Well, I was wearing a pair of um, sandals as well, that uh, fishing sandals that have got straps on them. And like, they've got a half inch gap between it and the... The barbs managed to find the gap in that as well. Of course they did. Anyway, I was, I was there with this catfish stuck through my foot and I gave Bo a yell and he's dropped his rod, come down. He, we've sort of looked at it and he goes, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I, sort of go, I don't know. So we just sort of made a bit of a plan. We'd just get, get rid of the caddy, which was um, being very cooperative. He was just lying there very quietly. If he thrashed around, it could have been a, a bit of a worse scenario. Bo's got the snips that we already had out from um, snipping the treble off and just cut the um, pin off the caddy, chucked him back overboard. So, oh, well, that's the comp over. Packed everything up. We chucked the swags on the back deck and I lay down and put the foot in the air and um, Bo's headed for home. It took us about three hours to get back. I'd say the last half hour of the trip heading into Alliangula. Uh, it was getting pretty painful. In terms of painful experiences in your life, where does this rate? It's probably an 8 out of 10, I reckon. That last half hour, like I was saying, heading over to the boat ramp, pain was, was really getting up there. Yeah, my whole foot was just starting to shake, sort of uncontrollably. Don't think you know, I would have been travelling real well if you'd been there, in there for another half hour or an hour or so. met down at the um, boat ramp by Bo's wife. Uh, she took me into the medical centre. No doctor over there, so I only got the nurse. He sort of knows these things. They've got the serrated spikes on the sides of them so that you can't pull them out. 
um, without surgery. So they said, oh, we'll needle it and numb it and just cut the bottom and pull it through. He did the cut and everything and um, he just grabbed it in the forceps and just pulled it straight through. Then he flushed it through with saline, so he just put the bottle at the top and pumped it through and it came out the bottom. <laughs> he flushed it out perfectly. <laughs> it was it was different. Bandaged it up from there and then said, oh, you know, you're going to have to have IV antibiotics for a few days. These things are carrying a few nasties. And they rang the doctor over in Gave, Gave Hospital, decided I'd go over there and have an ultrasound on it just to make sure nothing was left in it. Yeah, a couple of days in hospital over at Gave, decided it was all okay and sent me back. Pete, if there's a lesson in this, what is it? Probably treat the caddies with a bit more respect, I suppose. I've been over fishing since and um, I've caught a couple of caddies and I've got to admit I was very respectful of the first one I caught. <laughs> they had insult the injury for that one. Uh, Another mate of mine was heading over there a couple of weeks later and he actually invited me along and I was seeking to go on, but the foot was a bit sore, so ended up heading over there with his wife and, um, and she went to the same spot where the, the caddy got me and he picked up a metre 15 barra. But anyway, those are the breaks, barra fishing. It can go from a good day to a really bad day out on the water real quick. What an image, that description of the saline flush going in one end. Oh, and straight through. And out the other. <laughs> that, that is, that, oh. that, that to me, I could feel that more listening to that description than if it was being shown to me on a video. Mm. Disrespect the caddy at your peril. If you're going to get impaled, do it between any tendons or major vessels, as Pete did. Actually, preferably all the way through or close to, uh, to expedite the surgical removal and indeed as as pete alluded to we must be ever aware that fortunes good and bad can change bloody quick red fast and free presenting the tales from the tinny fish measuring sticker some say it was calibrated by nasa to within a thousandth of a micron some say it's been printed over a billion times some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated much like your fishing yards without a tales from the tinny fish measuring sticker email fishing at abc.net.au or message the tinny on facebook to get yours and the one this week, Andy. Oh. See this big in look at that male, um, big large envelope, and then and then a glad bag, a little snap gladlock bag. That's very nostalgic, Tim. Normally these very come through school. the inbox. Yeah, you've got this, this looks, came a week or so ago. Looks like a diary note from World War Two. To the tinny boys, this is from Rick. Uh, it's it's handwritten in a series of dot points. You'll need to indulge me here because I think it's pretty much. Rick's life story. Okay. In territory since 81. Hitchhiked up here. Met wife in Meatworks. 87. Raised four kids. Give praise, they've all moved out. Nearly. Semi-retired. Took some super. Spent most on mortgage. Saved enough for a tinny. No boat while raising the kids. It was sausage curry every night. Mm-hmm. So where have we started? 81. Mm. Started building a chook shed. Started window shopping for a tinny. Found tinny. First three months, no fish. Took wife, same one after all this time, to the tackle shop. At first she took to the fashion. Shirt, then gloves. 20 different pairs because she couldn't decide on the colour. Then padded gloves for pulling crab pots. Then hat. It's not the races, you know, darl. But then I could see it growing in her, Andy. No work on chook shed by this point. Only half framing still. She loves half finished jobs. But now she's dipping her thong in the bait bucket of vernacular with talk like, It's going off! She's on the boil! Just one more flick! Not sure how far this will go, but yesterday landed her very first fish. A 63 centimetre spotty mac off Nightcliffe. I'm afraid now she may get worse and join a support group like Real Women, praise be the Lord. Please advise. How can you help? Rick, there is no help required. The, the service you have done to your family, you have earned everything you're experiencing now. Bugger the chook shit. You've raised four kids. 
you've been doing it tough eating curry, curried sausages since 1981. Get out and get amongst it, the both of you. What was interesting, though, as a postscript, Andy, was that at the same time almost, I got an email backup from the wife, from Marie. Uh, the title of the email was Pick to a Company Letter in Sandwich Bag. Oh, yes. <laughs> which made me think, if, if Marie has email and knows how to use it, why is it that Rick spent all that time writing a handwritten letter and delivering it in the post only to have it back up with a pick sent via email. Yeah, I don't get it. Like why wouldn't why wouldn't he write the letter and then get her to scan it? Why wouldn't and he email draw, it into why you? wouldn't he draw a picture of the fish and send it on his letter? Yes. Or take a Polaroid and staple that to the top of the letter. Nonetheless, Rick, that was an absolute bloody delight having that in the post. First time since 1981. And if you don't want to write us a letter, then just send us an email. Just, just email? Yeah. Fishing at abc.net.au. 12 lines hook up. If you're lucky to land three fish out of that, you're doing pretty well. They just can't hang on to them. Running you straight into the reef, putting you onto the bottoms, tangling up with each other. They snap each other off. One person thinks they're on, but they're not, and then they are, and then they're not. Tales from the tinny. Get a mullet up here. We chatted earlier to one of the great role models of the Tinney Church, um, AJ, who'd been fishing downstream at Shady on the last set of uh, these tides. Another great role model for the Tinney is Cole Burden of uh, Reedy's Lures, who has been to the barrage, Cole, but presumably on the bigger swing. Yeah, that's correct. Boys, um, we went down the mouth. Was the, the building after the uh, the neeps, and we heard it went off, and plenty of salmon, etc. We got we got a, a salmon down down further, fish marking up up past Bamaroo, you know the uh, the pontoon there. Had plenty of fish there, but couldn't get them to bite. So we went to the second barrage and jumped off and used some three inch plackies and um, cleaned up on little rat barra. So that filled our filled our boots. Still water running down there, which is great for this time of year, even though we've had a, a bad wet. So maybe there's some been some water held back there somewhere. Which it's very surprising, cool. isn't it? It is. It is. Um, so we didn't we didn't do the main barrage. We just went to that second one with the water tower tower there. Um, had a bit of a flick around there, and as I said, we we landed a dozen time before that. We went to the mouth, and Nicky got a ninety nine. That's one of the guides up here is obviously not guiding at the moment, so we go out a bit. Mickey from Springtide, and he, he got a 99. That was good. But how, how bad is that? Those bloody threadies, eh? Don't we win? <laughs> it, it, it is absolutely fantastic. They're so good on the chew. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd trade threadies for Barra any time. Would the, you? Oh, absolutely. I love eating threadies. How do you cook your threadies? You can do it as simply as salt, pepper, and a blob of butter on the barbecue, or you can yep. go sort of the next level, which we're doing recently, which is a lime juice coconut broil, and then you just dress it up with some coriander and some chilli at the end, and that's sort of an Asian style. Very, very hard to beat a saltwater barrel. I just love salt, fresh saltwater barrel. 60-centimetre chrome model, um, yeah. yellow fins, absolutely. Well, you've got a choice. It's one or the other. Which would you pick? Oh, a sixty barra over a thready. Yeah, a fresh, yep. both fresh out of the salt. I'd, yeah, I'd for that I'd take the saltwater barra, but for everything else, there's thread fin card. Poor bugger us having to wade through um, twelve thousand metre long threadies to get to the oh, the barra. <laughs> anyway, so it's a Johnny on the spot situation there for for barra coal. On the on the uh, set before that, we went over to Marsh and that Mickey said, "Let's go to Marsh and have a look." No colour change. We saw a couple of swirls. There was nothing around, so it was a waste of a trip. But as I just said then, if you're Johnny on the spot and you get amongst it, you're a hero. You heard much else from um, colleagues through the industry and, and friends about where's been fishing well? Yeah, unfortunately, um, the East Alligator's been going okay. <laughs> that's so, unfortunate. Yeah, and that's from people that live in Kakadu. So yeah. You hate hearing that, especially, you know, the Carhills Crossing area. I've heard, heard some good reports there and um, probably upstream. They, they haven't actually said where, but there's been some really good barra there. A guy was telling me the harbour played pretty well for them for 60s, 60s to 70s. So the harbour should be fishing really well. I can't wait to get the four-mile hole and give it a, a crack. But 
apparently Kakadu's not going to be open for another three or four weeks. I mean, you're deeply connected to the industry, obviously, as a lure manufacturer. Yep. You mentioned you went out fishing with one of the guides. You, you're in contact with a lot of the guides and all the tackle shops. What's your assessment of how our wreck fishing industry is going to pull through the other side of COVID as we start getting back to normal? Because surely there's going to be some guides really, really struggling at the minute. Yeah, unfortunately there, Tim, I think you'll, you'll find that there'll be some that won't come out of this um, because obviously they've got boats, cars, and they're just sitting around and they've got to, they've got to feed the family, etc. So it's going to be really hard there. You know what we're going to need, and it's, I don't have to say it, it's a bloody good wet season. It's, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. One, one area that has lifted, and it seems to be the communities, going back to the, the fishing in that, because I suppose they're out there and they're locked in, so people out in the communities are, are doing a lot of fishing, so I know there's lots of sales out that way. I think, I think we're going to come out of it okay, but unfortunately there is going to be some, uh, some people that won't come out of it that well. Mm, yeah, there's definitely going to be casualties, hopefully the minimum yeah. casualties. Cole, what about uh, the, the blue water side, the billfish side? You're pretty keen billfish-o. That's going to be exciting. Um, unfortunately, my boat at the moment's got no uh, motor on the back of it. So, oh come on, don't let that stop oh, you. Why, why wouldn't you row out to the? <laughs> you can row out to the witch's nose. It's just a big kayak. <laughs> but mate, I'll be itching to get out there. But this wind, there's there's another thing that hits. This is not only a bloody virus. It's, it's the, yeah, it's uh, true. We're getting hit hard no, at the moment awful. too, aren't we? Awful. Oh, we are. But but that'll be that'll be really ripe. I I believe. I spoke to a few guys. They're itching to get amongst it. You know, as I said to someone yesterday, you look out at the water on a, a weekday, on a work day, and it's um, flat, calm, and weekend comes, and it's blown up. It's <laughs> a good thing for me to work day any day, so out on the water. That's, yeah. that's a good thing. Oh, let's hope those winds die down, and uh, let's hope you get a motor, and then you can, you can <laughs> go... An excellent start, Cole. ...and get amongst it. We, uh, we're, we're talking about yeah. tinny role models today, and when we rang you before, it went to Message Bank, and your message says, if I'm not here, I'm probably out testing lures. <laughs> To me, that's the stuff of role models. Uh, Cole, thanks for chatting to the tinny. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Tim. See you, boys. So you heard Cole say, unfortunately, the East Alligator has apparently been fishing well. Yeah, it's not the sort of news you want to hear, having been denied access to it for so long. You don't want to hear that news? No, I don't want to hear that news. Just like that bloke from the Daily and oh, the, yeah. the million meteries over at Kununurra. Yeah, yeah, the places we can't get to. Yeah, I don't really want to hear that news either. Do I want to hear news about the person that won Lotto? Well, this is a very important philosophical fishing question. J- just because we are denied the right to fish it, should that mean that we also denied the fishos the right to share the story of, of when they fished it? Well, you want to talk philosophy, Socrates would say yes. Deny them. We therefore should deny the fisho that right. Well, Socrates was a loser. He wore a hat of leaves and a sheet for, for clothes. So here's the news from Luke. He's in Wikipedia, though. Here's, here's, here's the news from Luke on the East. Lives at um, Owen Pelly. Been fishing the East a fair bit recently on plackies. Uh, been awesome without the tourist, says Luke. Or without Darwin fishos. Um, has also been up to Willoughby Outstation, which is fishing beautifully for barra and pelagics. He actually caught an out-of-season red tag last week at Kales. Um, out of interest, uh, it was tagged in mid-2018, so bang on two years ago, was 57 centimetres. Red tagged a year later at 64, so seven centimetres in a year. Mm-hmm. Then nine months later, almost another... 100 odd mil again. So it's getting cracking, that fish. Yeah. Good on you, Luke. You enjoy it, mate. You enjoy it fishing in there all by your lonesome. Yeah, I guess there are just some things that I would prefer not to hear and some things you can't unhear, but we'll move on. We'll move right along. You'll, Folks, hear, that, you'll hear that report in your dreams tonight, Andy. <sighs> you'll take it as um, fintel to the dinner table. Yeah, and then it'll feed the, uh, the FOMO, the yeah. FOMOB. Mm. It all, it's just one big cycle. You okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Let's 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 crack on. I, I reckon I can make the rest of the show. You might have heard about the TFT Enterprise's latest piece of genius, um, which we publicised most recently. The kind of product that feels like it's been around forever. The patented TFT Enterprise's Bad Barra Juju kit. Mm. Mm, it's ISO-friendly. It's excellent. Home delivered by Neville. Mm. And it's pretty much complete with everything you need to perform an exorcism on yourself yeah. whilst in isolation. It's pretty much made for the COVID era. 
It's to get rid of the bad juju that's seen you catching no barra all year or maybe longer. With the Latin incantations, the cherubin-scented candle and the bottles of barra semen with which to anoint yourself. Yeah, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but no. for a select few, it's exactly what the doctor ordered to lift the curse. Mm. So ahead of actually launching the product uh, in what we in the business called a hard launch, we thought it might be a good idea, Tim, to do a, a soft launch. Bit of a bit of a litmus test, if you will. Yeah, we needed the, the product tested. So we sought out the man who would probably benefit the most from this, and he's pretty much representative of our target market, mm. uh, so to speak. The worst barra fisho in Darwin. It's Malbs. He was, as you can imagine, unimaginably <laughs> excited to hear about it. So even though you can imagine it's unimaginable just how excited um, he was. <laughs> He eagerly awaited the arrival of the coveted kit to his door so he could stop whining and start exercising. What the hell? What is it? There's a box at the door, covered in bird spew. It's here, it's finally here. Goodbye, Barajuju. Hello, fish. Ooh, the split ring necklace. I'm going to look like Dennis Lilly back in the 70s. That'll pull the fishes. Ooh, ah, chest hairs. Pulling chest hairs. Ooh, this must be the Latin incantation. Libium tibi s diabolicum ex absentia piscus. God, try saying that with a skinful. Ooh, the cherubin scented candles. Getting in touch with the feminine side must be part of the whole process. Where's the lighter? Oh, that smells like <coughs> rotten. <coughs> Ooh, the vinyl loop recording. You little bit pay. You little bit pay. You little bit pay. You What's this jar of white stuff in the fridge? Oh, don't worry about that stuff. That's uh, just a secret sauce. It's not gluten-free. You better not touch that. Little does she know, it's barramundi semen. Rather than waste your money on an exorcism kit, why don't you just go fishing more? Thy will be done. Praise be the Lord. No word yet from Maubs as to whether the kid has done the trick, but I think we we can all agree he's already won. Yeah, if putting on a split rim necklace and a brag mat cape and mm. shouting Latin incantations is what it takes to demonstrate your devotion to the pastime that's given you back so few, few yeah, so, so few. little turn on return on investment, then so be it, I guess. But let Maubs' experience fisho serve as a lesson to any of you out there ordering the um, Bad Barajuju kit. The bottles of holy calcara for semen come unlabeled. So do the righty. Keep them out of the condomnant section <laughs> I see of what the you're fridge. Doing. Yeah. I see what you're doing. There always seems a, a, a clear and obvious and natural point at which we should stop talking about one thing and talk about another. And I, I think, again, on the tinny, we've reached it here. Well, it's that time of the week, Fishos. It's the time when the uh, the service is almost over, the plate's been handed around, and we've had our communion, had the sermon, and that's about it for us. Cheers to AJ the Puckerman, to Pete Finney, Cole Burden, uh, and of course, Darwin's worst barra fisho, Malbs. Good luck, fella. And just in case you were wondering who might in 2020 reach the top of the music charts with a hit holding both mass appeal and melodic sophistication with its complex yet subtle arrangements look no further than this banger that's on high rotation at the Malbs residence right now that, and that is all it takes to make a hit in 2020, isn't it? Just need a bit of doof, 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 doof behind them. A real genre-bending toe-tapper, that one. Catch you next week, fish eyes. <laughs>